everybody? It's Itisha Bankston with the Gathering Place podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We have Yamiko Hauser joining us today, and we're going to be talking about all things related to womanhood, women's issues, becoming a woman, and really just things that we felt that some of our young ladies today were missing. And so we want to be sure to share this message of empowerment and understanding yourself and owning your identity really is some of the other things that we're going to be talking about. So welcome, Miko. Hi, thank you for having me You're very me today. welcome. Thanks, Thanks so much for coming. Me. I want to point out that Miko has been my friend since the seventh grade. Yes. Since drill team at Whitney Young. <laughs> yes. Since protests in the hallway. Oh, my God. <laughs> since <laughs> since oh messing Lord. with Miss James. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't want to continue to bring up all kinds of memories. On. It goes on and on and on. And we have been friends for a very long time. So yes. now we are here in the midpoint of our lives. And God is still doing a wonderful work at both of yes, us. He, he really is. is. He yes, really he is. is. So we're going to jump right into it because I want you to share with us just a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what sparked your interest and desire in women's empowerment issues. Okay, my name is Yumiko Hauser. I am the mother of two sons, Michael and Jaden. Um, Michael was 15 Hi, Michael. and Jaden is 11. Mm-hmm. I'm also a registered nurse. This is actually my fi- 15th year in nursing years? so oh, um, i made it through <laughs> the, <laughs> made it the through hump by the grace of god yes and i'm also the founder of she is me women's empowerment alliance incorporated good stuff good stuff so what what made you want to do a women's empowerment alliance because you know a lot of people have a lot of things to say about just the whole trend of um not just me too but the whole trend of um, women's empowerment, liberation, rights. Um, it's very popular. It's a very popular thing right now, but yes. there's something very specific that you chose to do with your group. So what is it? What is it that you do exactly? Yes. Yeah, so um, She Is Me, um, it started from a personal experience that I had with a coworker. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in a situation very similar to my one that I had in the past. Mm-hmm. And so um, at the conclusion of everything, I thought about it and I said, she is me. Like I saw myself in her. Mm-hmm. And so um, for years, I've thought about doing something along this line, but I never had the um, opportunity to really start it or felt the liberty to do it. Okay. And so when this happened, it was just something that just really um, sprung up inside of me to start She Is Me. Okay. And so I started it because I really think that we are each other. That's true. We Our have stories so are very similar. That's true. Yes. That's true. Yes, and we have to be one another's keeper, which will be my slogan. She is me, for I am my sister's keeper. That's so true. It's like a lot of times we do see other women, and we think that they – everybody's different and there's not quite anything that we can have in common. I know my sister mentioned the story of a young lady that she's now partnered with. Hi, Christiana, a young lady. She's now partnered with, um, that she's doing her weight loss. Um, uh, they have a weight loss group on Facebook and India actually met this young lady at a training and, and she noticed some things about her and kind of went over to befriend her and then through conversation realized that this lady that looked completely different from her that appeared to have a completely different story had the same type of story as it related to weight loss surgery so it's it's once women begin to open up and that's something that I was thinking about what you told me earlier stories that are not shared people that don't open up and are not transparent about their stories because we we tend to want to keep some of those things personal it's amazing to me though how people can really be open and share on social media 
but not in person but not in person to right. Be, right to people they know we've talked i've talked about this with family members and stuff like that like you will share yes. and tell all kind of stuff on social media put all your little business out there absolutely but if it comes to somebody needing some help some support some information it's like pulling teeth you don't want to share i'm guilty of it like not wanting to share my story with people mm-hmm. that i know for fear of judgment i think it's judgment because a lot of people judge it's embarrassment a lot of times and you just don't feel the liberty to share some people don't give you the opportunity to even share your experiences that's true yeah that's true not having the liberty to share so i want to go back a little bit to your origin story so since i've known miko i told you since (laughs) since seventh grade Yes. <laughs> and she was surprised when I told her this originally. Like I've always felt like Miko was grown because Miko did what Miko <laughs> Let's call your mama. Okay. Miko, Miko oh. did what Miko went like I felt I mean it, as a as a twelve, you know, thirteen year old girl, um there was always a maturity about you is what I what what I'm trying to say is that there was always a maturity okay. about you, a level of maturity about you. Um things that, that you were talking about and doing that I, I wasn't it wasn't on my level and so I was still I grew you know a lot as a young lady but it appeared as teenagers that there were things that you already were aware of and had already become so tell us a little bit about your experience in life as you grew into womanhood and just some of the things that helped to shape the type of woman that you became Okay, so growing up, I will start probably from my teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did have a role model in my mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I lived in a house with a, a blended, an ex- all of my extended family. Mm-hmm. So I had various women in my life that I kind of watched mm-hmm. throughout my life. And I li- we lived with my grandmother. Right, I remember your grandmother. Right, and so there was my mom and my aunts. Mm-hmm. And so I watched them a lot, and I kind of emulated a lot of their behaviors, like, oh, all together. That makes sense. So you grew up in a house where you had a lot of older women yes and so for that reason and I you know that never occurred to me <laughs> and I hung with my me. grandmother I okay. was always with my grandmother like I was close to my mother but I was even closer to my grandmother mm-hmm. so I picked up a lot of her ways mm-hmm. in a sense and so um one thing about growing up I kind of grew up fast in some ways mm-hmm. um and then in some areas you know, I was like that kid that was fast, but then in the house, I was playing with Barbie dolls and baby dolls. Right. You know, but I, I kind of had those two different, you know, lives I was living with my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want you all to know I was playing with Barbie dolls when I was like 13. You sure didn't say that about them Barbie dolls because I was still playing with Barbie dolls if I don't but know. nobody wants anybody to know, this you know, true. that you're playing with dolls. You gotta dolls. be cool. You're 13. You can't be acting like you still play with Barbie dolls. That's so true. Right. Yeah. So, you know, throughout my life, you know, I did some things earlier than I should have, mm-hmm. but one of the things that was always my foundation I was raised in a church Mm -hmm. so even when I would like stray and do things that I shouldn't do Mm -hmm. I had that foundation of returning back to God because I knew who he was at an early age Mm -hmm. and so you know um, I so I went through school I had some setbacks in school you know some things happened but I overcame them and then I went on to college and then you know in my college journey I had a lot of things going on in relationships Mm -hmm. that hindered me from pursuing it when I should have okay and so finally, you know, I went into nursing school when I in 1999, I started taking my classes and then I went through into nursing school and then I got pregnant with Michael. And that is when I really had to grow up. Okay. Now, I was 27 years old when I had Michael. But you were 27? Ch- yes, I was 27 when I, I had Michael. I don't think I remembered that, but okay, 27. So fully grown. Yes. Fully a grown woman, not necessarily a teenager, not necessarily, you know, in your tw- in your early 20s and young. You were 
of age. You were you had lived your life and you were 27. Okay. Right. But when I had I was still kind of dependent on my mother mm-hmm. to us you know, in a sense, but when I had Michael, it really caused me to grow up and to become that woman. Mm-hmm. And so I found out I was pregnant with him in my first semester of nursing school, and that changed everything. You know, and so as I went forward, you know, I just really had that unction to really pursue my dreams because I knew I was responsible for somebody else, not just myself anymore. Right. One of the things I want to go back a little bit, you pointed out how you lived in a home with, it was a blended family and you had your extended family. So you had your mother and then you had your aunts and then you had your uncles and you had your grandparents, right? Yes. So all these generations and cousins, um, and cousins <laughs> yes. were in your home, right? Yes. Think I think about today's, and this is not judgment or slight on anybody, but I think about grandmothers when we were coming up and anybody that's 40 or older can say this grandmothers when we were coming up and aunts when we were coming up as opposed to grandmothers and aunts today I know people that reference you know aunts and you know people live the lives that they live but the things that grandmothers and aunts are doing today such as knocking over liquor stores catching felonies yes selling drugs are not the same things that grandmothers and aunts on a regular basis, I should say, because everybody got family who was doing dirt, right? Yes, yes. But, you know, it was not more of a norm. And so, again, going back to the reason why we're having this conversation is because their people are still living with blended family. Yes. But the, the role models that they see and the... The, the examples that are before them are not examples of responsible young women. And I can say this with a surety because I teach teenagers. Yes. Because, yes. And, and, and we can we can speak about this because we're around this demographic. So this yes. is not judgment against anybody. This is not sliding anybody. I know people do the best that they can, but this is what we're seeing. And these are the these are the, the young people that are going out and trying to get jobs and trying to be productive citizens, but they're not seeing anything different. They're not seeing right. um, positive role models. So I just wanted to go back to that a little bit can you talk to us about you talked a little bit about um you know just you mentioned shortly but I wanted to bring out because that's one of the points we're talking about um fostering relationships and how that helped to shape your role as a woman um you know as women we can be uh very much so mothering and want to help whether it's family or somebody at work or a romantic relationship or a friend, you know, yes. we, we are quick to come to the rescue for a lot of different things, but there's a way to navigate yes. and to learn lessons. So can you talk to us, just share with us a couple of stories about um, how you made it to either fostering healthy relationships or identifying relationships that became dependent and caustic. Okay. I can start off with the um, positives. Um, you know, I, I, I always go back to my mom, mm-hmm. you know, a, as a teenager, we did not have a close relationship because I didn't understand why I couldn't do certain things and why she wouldn't let me go here or there. But as I became an adult, be, even before I had my own children, mm-hmm. I realized that she did that for my own good. Yes. And it was necessary for me to become the woman that I am today. And I thank God that she did that for me mm-hmm. because I do know the children that were able to do whatever and where they are today. This is true. So, <laughs> you know, my true. mom and another thing, my mother led by example. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that we don't see today. Right. Because parents are their kids friends. 
rather than being their parent, their mom, or if you're a grandmother or an auntie that has responsibility over your child, over a niece or grandchild, you cannot become their friend. Can't be their friend. And you can't say, do as I say, not as I do. Because they see what you do. Because they're going to do what you do. Exactly. So I think that's one of the things that I did have in my mind is that she truly led by example. Mm -hmm. Um, My grandmother, she was a homemaker. Uh, One of the attributes I think I developed from her that helped me to become the woman I am today was her heart. Mm -hmm. You know, she always welcomed people. She accepted people, whether it was family or even people in the neighborhood or outside of our family. And I think that helped me to uh, see people in that light just by watching her do that throughout my life. Even people that may have done something wrong, she didn't hold that against them. Can we talk about that idea for a second? So, you know, we are in an age where, you know, there are laws that are being passed about, and we're not going to go into anything political, but laws right. being passed about women and abortions and laws being passed about marriages and things like that. But mm-hmm. you brought up the fact that your grandmother was a homemaker. Yes. Being a woman, what I can say, one of the things that I know that I do well is creating a home for my family and for my husband to be in. And that is something that is extremely important. So from and and really what you'll find in some of our and and you guys will see it in our description box, Mm -hmm. some of the resources we have about what we're going to tell our daughters, what will we tell our daughters? How do you teach a young woman how to create a home? It's more than just you got your rent and you got a place to stay. You right. are responsible for creating atmosphere. So when you said that about your grandmother being a homemaker, people don't even say that term anymore. No. They'll say, you know, stay at home dad. They'll say that. They'll say yes. stay at home dad or, you know, one of us chose to work or, um, you know, stay. Right. They will say stay at home mom, you know, but the, the connotation of it is is more negative. But there is something to be said about building your home. Yes. And so my grandmother, you know, by the time I came along, she was older. So Mm -hmm. she had worked, you know, and done her different jobs and that things of that sort. And so when I came along, she was at home. Mm -hmm. She was, you know, by the time we started living with her, she was up in age. But I remember her keeping a home. I watched how she took care of my grandfather. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times people say I'm not cooking his dinner and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. I watched my grandmother every day get up before my grandfather i remember you talking about that bathe have a clean kitchen it was clean before she went to bed so she got up to a clean kitchen Mm -hmm. and she prepared meals for her husband every day and i watched her take care of him and her family and so she passed that along to her own daughters and granddaughters to be that type of woman why do you think women feel like it's robbery to cook for a man to you know what I mean, not to say that a man, if you live in a house with a man, they can definitely help. You can do more than take the garbage out. You can wash these clothes. You can cook this meal. You can do. But why do you think, like you said, women will say, I ain't cooking. I ain't making that for him. If you don't, um, little sister. Right. I think a big part of it is that the the times have changed. That's true. You know, we've become a different type of woman where we're in the workforce. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And a lot of times we feel like. Because we work, too, that that's not our responsibility to take care of our husbands. But if you want to keep your husband, you will. Because that's what you need. That's what you're commanded to do is to take care of your husband, to honor your husband. So when a lot of women feel like they shouldn't do that, Mm -hmm. that's because of the times that have changed and the portrayal of what the, you know, the... um, you know the millennial woman is so the millennial woman the millennial yeah. woman yeah and and i know that a lot of people that term when they hear the term millennials they just a lot of people my age cringe because they're like oh these <laughs> young people they don't want to do nothing blah, blah blah but honestly it there's nothing against 
keeping at home no and making sure that your home is a place where your husband wants to come to your loved ones want to come to there's nothing wrong with creating that space because it's a reflection of you yes so if your house is not together if you haven't done what you needed to do to make sure that your home is together it is a reflection of you yes. you need to take stock in what you have going on inside yes and you know it's it's nothing wrong with you know it, it should be shared but there's nothing wrong with you know fixing your husband's plate and yes. making sure that dinner is ready and fixing lunches and things like that. When I tell people at work that I cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner for my husband, they are like, what? For what? And that's what listen. we need to do. Listen, listen, yes, listen. And see, I'm not married, <laughs> right. so I have to do that for my sons mm-hmm. because I want them to look at me and want a woman to do the same thing for them. Exactly. You have to show them what, they're, what they can expect. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's what I try to emulate that woman that I want them to marry or, you know, what to look forward to. Right. Yes. Right. We started talking about just different roles and responsibilities. Yes. So I know in the, I'm going to take it from the standpoint of an urban context. Okay? okay. So, you know, my suburban friends and people that live <laughs> in suburban areas, not to slight you, but I, what I am saying is that the way that things happen in the urban context is a little different. So yes. let's talk about the roles and responsibilities of a woman in the urban context. So mother, girlfriend, caretaker, what are some of the differences? So I, I don't know if you remember this, but long time ago, long time ago when we were, and you probably do remember this. We were, I don't know how to, in our twenties or something. And you talked about the movie when baby boy came out. You remember we talked about baby boy came oh out. Oh my God. Yes. And, and I, I they said know. they reminded, I reminded them of Taraji. Okay. I'm sorry. I never saw baby no, boy. Somebody <laughs> told me that. Okay. Yeah. Let's, I never saw it. I just remembered your story about it because you said there were a lot of women yes. in the theater that were crying about it. And John Singleton just passed away. He was a great producer. Yes. He was a great filmmaker. He was a great um, person that presented the ideas of the urban context on film so that people could understand how things really happen in the hood and understand just the different dynamics of it. It's, it's yes. not an easy thing to navigate. So I will, if you don't mind yes. kind of sharing that, um, your roles and responsibilities, because we both lived in an urban area Yes. Um, of how that kind of shaped you as a woman as well. Well, you know, um, gr- I can even speak, um, you know, for myself, because my neighborhood is not quite urban, but it's not so suburban either. So I can what even speak. What neighborhood are you talking about? Garfield. Let's talk about 143rd. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So I grew- <laughs> let's talk about Garfield. Let's keep it 100, Miko. Because okay. I grew up 131, so let's keep it 100. <laughs> so I would say if you're raising a child in an urban community, mm-hmm. so I can use um, both, I can use my story with my mom mm-hmm. and my brother and myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we did grow up on 139th and Kinsman. And in that area, there was a lot of drug activity. It was all sorts of things going on. And I appreciate being able to be raised in that area because you understand and you remember where you came from. So Mm -hmm. you appreciate where you are today. Right. For sure. And so, you know, that was one of the things that I do appreciate, but um, in that neighborhood, you saw all sorts of kind of things, you know, from people standing on a corner selling drugs to women walking up and down the street trying to sell themselves for drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was people that was allowed to stay out all night, you know, playing outside or standing around, you know, um, crowds and stuff like that. But my mom kind of kept me separate from that. Mm -hmm. And from my brother, he actually started venturing out more and got involved into that life. Mm -hmm. Even though we were both raised in the same house, under the same rules, in the same church, 
but we chose different paths. And, and it's, I must, it's choices. Yes. It's choices. So there is no, there is no slight. It's a choice. It's, it's not a choice. It's, yes. a cho- it's just yes. like anybody's family. Right. Yes. Okay. And even along that with that relationship, it was straight for a minute because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he chose to do some things that took him into a different area. Thank God he's, not in that life anymore. He's working a productive job, but it took a process for him to get there. Right. But just in watching my mom raise him, and at one point she just had to pray and let him go and do what he was going to do. Pray and release it, yeah. But it was the, the, the surroundings around him that really drew him to that mm-hmm. lifestyle because this, this is what we saw on a daily basis. Right. You know, you saw people standing outside selling. You see people walking up, buying. You know, it was just that type of scenario. Right. And, um, you know, it was a lot of elderly people even on our street. But even still, they may have respected them, like, how you doing today, sir? But they still sold those drugs right in front of these people's homes. Right. And so, you know, the lack of respect, I can just um, think about, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, you hear about the level of respect mm-hmm. versus the 90s and 2000s. That changed somewhere. Right. Where that level of respect for our elderly and for older adults it just kind of diminished. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think even growing up in an urban community, you know, as we got older, that respect changed. But there was also a time growing up in that community where it was a village, too, that yeah. raised you. Yeah. You know, you knew if you were outside doing something you weren't supposed to do, your neighbor could stop and correct you. Yeah, my husband talks about that a lot. He grew up on Greenwich, and he talks a lot about how the village. We, I did, too, on Christine, yes. everybody. And so now that's taken away from the communities. You mm-hmm. know, if you say something to somebody now, you don't know if they're going to come at you you know, violently what you say or about my whatever. Child? You talk to my child. Don't say I'm the I'm exactly. the adult. <laughs> you exactly. talk or even to the me. parent. Yeah. Or the child. Yeah. The child may come at the you that way too. The child will come too. at you crazy. Yeah. That's so true. So it the level of respect has changed in these communities. So right. it's kind of difficult. You know, I I I can actually um see how hard it is if you can't get out of that community. How hard it is to keep your child away from that. That's true. So as women, we have to. You know, pay attention to our children. That's true. Leave the lines of communication open between us Mm -hmm. so that they will feel free to share things with you as a mother Mm -hmm. because you're their first line of security. Yeah. And understanding, like you talked about, the surrounding and how much that plays an influence, regardless of how um, you raise your children, you can raise them as well as you can. And But the surrounding does have a very... large effect on the choices that a child may make based on what they see and based on what they want their desires may change we're not in our children's head we don't know what their desires become and what they're drawn to and what they see as as an attractive way to live yes um so that's something that that has to be addressed and so this goes into the responsibilities of a woman in the urban context because you are responsible like you said keeping those lines of communication open um if you can't do anything extra to provide opportunities for your child then you just are responsible for doing the very best that you can you know and making it happen whatever way that you can which is why I respect a lot of mothers in the urban community because you're doing everything they can they want better for their children they don't want to see their children going down I've had countless conversations with women in my office as a principal saying you know just don't give up on my son I want my son to do better and I have one that this year that I didn't give up on shout out you know I would I don't want to say nobody's name I want to embarrass anybody but he knows he did you know his mom came and she was there she supported she tried everything she could and finally her son was able to cross the finish line because we that didn't give wonderful. up on her son. Yeah. And it does take a village to continue to takes. do that. Yeah. And we cannot give up on our children. That's true. That's one thing. If she, 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 she's a persistent, 
you stay persistent, she was persistent yeah and that is what the kids need because yes. they may not understand it but they will feel that love eventually and when you have more than one person pouring into them yep it'll take effect that's so true that's so true so let's talk a little bit about role models um you know we are inundated with what looks like um beautiful um you know people do their makeup and they do their hair and they take their poses they wow. take their pictures yeah. you know they take their selfies yes you know they yes. do all that who is walking around life you got a job right you're not walking right. around like you know all taking this picture all day long and so but because people are visual and we are and we are visually stimulated the more we are um the more we set these things in front of us it becomes the the model of what we think our lives should be what it sh- what it should be what it should yes. be but it's not real it's not no. real and it's not true so one of the things that i was getting ready to ask you about is how can we as women that we know we're responsible role models we Uh know not to toot our own horns but honestly i know some 41 year olds that's not doing what i'm doing absolutely that's not doing what my friend is doing and we the bomb but quite frankly we get it we get it we get it done this is what we do we get it done so what can we do to regain the attention of our young ladies who idolize um negative unrealistic images of what they think they should be because what happens is they see those pictures, they see what these young ladies do, and then they start to portray it. And it's not attractive. It's not. Because society, the the people that make the decisions and run the world, y'all, is bigger than what you're, these images that you're seeing. And yes. so when you present yourself to the people that have these opportunities for you, you won't get it. Right. You won't get it. So so what what is your take on that? How we can regain the attention of our young ladies who are idolizing these negative images in social media well like i said before first of all we have to be transparent and real with them that's true and one thing about young ladies a lot of times they don't hear that they're beautiful or that you're attractive or that you're pretty or you're smart from their parents from, oh from their parents i'm glad i let you finish because i'm about to say because somebody will tell them in a minute you a dime what's up shorty you look good right how you doing looking at thighs and butt and hips and breasts that's but true. see they think that's all it is that's but true. the beauty is on the inside yes. you can be beautiful on the outside and a mess on the inside and so that doesn't make you quite so pretty. A whole mess. At the end of the day. <laughs> Mentally a mess, emotionally a mess. Yes. That, and that's not a good package. And since we were kids, they had Barbie with the little bitty waist mm-hmm. and the long blonde hair and makeup. That's what we saw our whole lives. Right. But I'm really loving now the people. Some people are embracing who they are mm-hmm. and the skin that they're in. But then you do have social media and you have the uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta and Love and Hip Hop. All of those shows and the entertainers that will have you to think that the, the way that they're portraying themselves on television is the life to live. Right. And it's, you don't know the story behind that. This is true. This is true. And quite frankly, your lifestyle, like, okay, so let's just say you're a young lady that lives on the east side of Cleveland, right? Yes. You're not, you know, some of these people that you're seeing on the housewives or whatever where you can go and just have lunch with your friend in the middle of the day and right. y'all could just lamp all day and then you can go and you know take pictures and photo shoot and uh, shoots and go shopping the boutiques that's oh, not have your somebody life. dress you and do your makeup before dress you, get you do your makeup before you yeah. get there by um thousand dollar hair like if you're doing these things and you don't have the means to maintain it yes what are we talking about right now because you're trying to keep up an image that you just don't have the means to keep up. Yes. It just doesn't make sense. So at some point we have to try to 
inject some some common sense but it's like because it's so much in front of them and that's what they want so badly like we're in this position we we are responsible i feel we have a great responsibility yes, to grab these young ladies and yes, pour back we do. into them because if we don't what's what's going to happen yes and that's why i think each one has to reach one yeah you know some you can't reach the multitudes all the time so if you start by one young lady this is true and you pull her up under your wing and you mentor her and you show her how to provide how to balance her checkbook how to budget how to clean how to cook those are things we're not doing anymore i'm glad you brought that up miko Bring. all right oh okay so i have this book <laughs> that I gave to each one of my students and it's called the girl's guide to conquering life. We will have the links for this book in our description box. If you want to get a hold of this book for your young lady, but this book is talking about everything. It talks about how to ace an interview, how to talk to a guy, how to change his tire, just skills wow. that young ladies don't have, how to leave a tip, um, how to wash your hands properly. Yes. yes. We can pause right there. How to, how but to, that's true. How to iron slacks and pants. There's even something in here about how to properly flush a toilet, you know, after you've had a bowel movement. Like, it's real. Like, it's these are things that it's life are these are life lessons that are not being taught on a regular yes. basis. And so, we are surrounded by people, young ladies, that don't know how to do these things. They don't making a grocery list, stocking your pantry, cooking bacon, cooking rice. And they don't know these things. They everything is not microwave ready. That's true. And if you live like that where everything is microwave ready, trust me, yes. at some point your body is going to let you know. Yes. You can't keep eating, uh, uh, what is it, Michelinas and Hot Pockets. <laughs> Lean Cuisines. <laughs> Lean Cuisines. Yes, that's you not can't do it. That is not the life. Your body will let you know that. So this is just a good book. I gave this to all of my um, graduating girls, seniors, yes. and um, I'm hopeful that they'll use it. The author is Erica and Jonathan Catherman. So it's a husband and wife book. Uh, um, there's one also for the boys that I oh, don't have right okay. now. But this, I thought, was a really good resource for young ladies. So mothers, when you think about what you need to tell your daughter, especially if you have daughters that are getting ready to go off to college or young ladies that are getting ready to start their 12th grade year or 10th grade year or whatever, yes. this is something that will help them to be prepared and confident and successful. So you want to make sure that you pick up that book. Yes. One of the last things I want to talk about is gaining and owning your own identity. Okay. So we talked a little bit before about how, um, you know, girls see these images on social media mm -hmm. and people in celebrity status and they want to be like them. Yes. Can you talk to me about or do you remember when you understood your identity as a woman and how you evolved to owning that? I would say... When I I'm gonna go to um, something that I heard Michelle Obama say Michelle Obama. is that when she wrote the book Becoming, she said she hated when people would ask kids, "What do you want to become?" Mm -hmm. And so she said, because you're always evolving this and becoming. True. This is true. Yeah. So when I think about that, I'm still becoming a woman. Okay. You know, I, I I've gotten you know I've come to different levels and I've grown in certain areas, but I must say that I'm still growing as a woman. Mm -hmm because every day I'm being shown something else that I need to improve as a woman. Yeah. And so, um, but I think when I really, really grabbed hold of it, probably was about 
two years ago, to be honest. I can I can definitely understand that. <laughs> yeah, I was about I was yep. probably forty years old. You know, that's that point where yep. it's like everything comes down <laughs> at forty. It gets real at forty. It does get real at forty, <laughs> it and it got real. it literally got real. And I made some very hard decisions that I never thought I would make. Mm-hmm. You know, I got out of, a, out of a relationship that I was in that was an abusive relationship that I had been in my whole life. I spent my whole life with him, but I had to make that decision to love myself Mm. and so that's what I would have to say to anyone that is even trying to find yourself first you have to love yourself and and do people even know what that really means and how to do it like I did spend a lot of years not liking how I looked not liking um how I sounded like because I have a deep tenor voice I can definitely hold a tenor note and I just did not (laughs) liking so many things about myself yeah do people really understand or what's something that they can do you know to really love who God made you because he made you like this for a reason and a purpose and you're right just up until about probably two years three years ago whatever just really understanding and owning who I am And that goes down to what I had to do was kind of go deep. You know, it was, it really was a deep thing that I had to do into finding out who I was. You know, I had to find out things that were good about me and things that weren't so good. I did a lot of journaling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I let her throw it away. So nobody will find it. If something happens to me, cause you are probably, you know, probably won't be nobody there. Don't discover those (laughs) journals. (laughs) But you know, journaling helped me to kind of, write some things out and when I went back and read it it helped me to kind of heal from some areas in my life and then you know I had a period in time where I would gain weight lose weight so I had those issues you know I don't have this kind of shape and that kind of shape you know or you know I don't look the way that I think that I should but then it came to a point in my life where I always thought I was cute like Mm -hmm. I always thought that but to really embrace who I was, even my flaws, I had to learn to embrace my flaws and to come to terms with what was wrong with me and things that aren't so good and to improve those things. Yeah, that's true. Embracing the 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 imperfections. Yes. Um, because nobody is perfect. The Lord made us that way for a reason. You know, he no man is perfect, but Jesus. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when you know that about yourself and you own your identity, Mm -hmm. like I had to own the fact that I'm not a mean girl. I'm not a person. Like I I really was trying to learn how to be one. You did. I did. I was trying to learn. I was reading (laughs) a book. I had, I had plans (laughs) cause I felt like nice girls, you know, you can't ran over. Yeah. You get ran over, but you know, I had to find my voice, Mm -hmm. learn how to let folks have it. I did it this week. Hello. You taught me <laughs> how to let folks have it. Did I show you how to let folks have it? Yes. What, what did I? Um, hopefully, I well, listen. I, it took me a minute to learn how to do it professionally without <laughs> flying off the deep end, cussing folks out. Because I got some family members that they, they ain't trying to do it professionally. They don't right. cuss you out and worry about everything else later. Mm-hmm. But you know, <laughs> sometimes it take that. But embracing your 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 imperfections, your flaws, yes. like um, like uh, you know, whatever my my chin, my 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 behind, my arms, whatever you whatever know, it is. until it changes. Yes, this is what it is. This is who I am. I'm gonna look the very best that I can look. Yes, and I'm going to own my identity. So yes, and I'm, it's beyond our looks. You know, yeah, because yeah. they say beauty is skin deep. That's going down on the inside. You, like I said, you can be the most beautiful person or the most handsome man, but let them open their mouth. 
that goes away. That's true. So we have to work not only on our outward beauty, mm-hmm. but also on our inward beauty because that's what really shows the true character of who we are. Your inward beauty does show the true character because like you said, you can be beautiful on the outside and be a mess on the inside. Yes. So for those of us that deal with um, emotional issues and depression and mm-hmm. anxiety and you suffering from all these different things, but you are glammed up, dressed up on the outside. Yes. You have to, like you said, take some stock. You have to do take some the journaling. mask off. You got to take the mask yes. off. I had to start like, I, I, I don't, when I'm going to say this and I don't think that I'm crazy, everybody, but <laughs> I engage in a lot of self-talk and that's actually yeah. something that Piaget, for those of you that are educators, talked about. Piaget. Piaget doing self-talk is something yeah. that, you know, adolescents do, but it's also helpful because you got to get those thoughts out. You got to be able to, I'm not talking to myself and saying, what you want to do? I don't know what you want to do. I, that's not that kind of self-talk. <laughs> the kind of right. self-talk don't that helps you. Yourself. Don't answer yes. yourself. We just saying, okay, this is, I need to do this first. I need to do this second. Yes. And organizing things versus some people are auditory learners and yes. need to speak things out. So that's something that I had to learn about myself just in order to keep my own thoughts together yes. and to keep my own sanity. So it's it's absolutely necessary. Um, absolutely. And that's what journaling. Journaling yeah. is the same thing. You put your thoughts out. You write them out. I'm more of a, you know, I have to write it out to remember things. Like mm-hmm. when I wanted to learn a song, I would write the words out. Then I would know it. Yeah. So it's the same thing with me. As I write it out and then I reread it, it like kind of brings it to light what I'm really dealing with. Right. So it's kind of the same thing, you know, just talking out loud or writing it or whatever you have to do to get to that point. Yeah. And for those of you that don't like writing, audio get yes. recorded on your phone yes. just something some kind of way you have to get it out of your head and onto another medium and can i say this it's important to have sisterhood this is you true. know i cannot have gotten through the things that i went through in my life without my sisters like yeah. i thank god for my sister here, here we go. because i'm telling you i have plenty of friends but some of them stuck closer some are no longer around yeah. because some people are in your life for a reason a season yep. and a lifetime. Yeah. And I had to learn that. Yeah. But even the ones who came and left, they still served a purpose in my life. Right. So sometimes you need those friendships and those bonds of sisterhood. And that was one of the reasons why, why I wanted to do She Is Me Too, because those bonds of sisterhood is what you need in those times where you don't have anybody to turn to. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, so I think that's important. That's absolutely true. We're getting ready to wrap up. This has been a good yes. conversation, Miko. Yes, I appreciate has. it. I have one more resource for our parents, for our our aunties and uncles or whoever else um do you know who winter pitts was she yes was she um the preacher she was right? the, actually the daughter-in-law of tony evans of tony evans of yes, tony yes, evans. yes yes so she recently that was his niece. yes okay. the lord recently called her home yes. and she and her daughter elena who was in war room she was the young lady in war room yes. they wrote a series of books now i bought these books for my niece when she comes but these books are just fabulous mm. they are um books for it's the series is faith girls and it kind of goes into the 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 star of this book um, is Mallory Winston, I believe, and Lena. So you read these books. These are Christian-based books that are for young girls, and it really just kind of talks about a lot of different things and presents it in a way that young ladies can understand, and it gives them something positive to read. We don't have a whole lot of no. positive things for young ladies to read, and parents, I'm telling you, aunties uncles whatever summer reading list this would be something that is yes. absolutely necessary um it does have a beautiful little black girl on the front but yes. it's for anybody anybody can yes. read it you know yes. it's for anybody so i just wanted to point that out um you can definitely look at the publisher is zonder kids 
Zonder. So it's like Zondervan. Everybody knows Zondervan. Yeah. Zonder Kids is the publisher. And Lena, Lena is the main character. And it's it's beautiful. It's just a well-written book. Um, the young lady and her mother wrote it together. And I know that anybody that reads these chapter books, it's for, you know, middle school age, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, maybe even fifth grade if this you have an advanced wonderful. reader, um, could benefit from this. So please be sure to check out this book. Check out the other book, um, Conquering the Girl's Guide to Conquering Life. And be sure to check out our the other our other podcast. Make sure that you like it click subscribe leave some comments let's have some conversation about what we talked about today with yes. women's issues and we'll have another follow-up with miko we got to bring her back because we got more to talk about it's so yes, much more we to do. talk about so yes. thank you again for joining us miko we appreciate thank you, you so much for having me yes, i appreciate it absolutely this has been the gathering place podcast thanks so much for listening we appreciate your time yes. today everybody have a good day Bye-bye. bye bye